wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off that first order. If you would like to join the Locked On Royals Fantasy Baseball League, Email LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com or just DM me on Twitter and we will get you set up. I just need your ESPN account username so I can send you the invite. The draft will be probably the Wednesday or Tuesday. I'll settle that for sure in the coming days. The Wednesday or Tuesday prior to the MLB season because we do not want to draft too early and risk players getting hurt and whatnot. Uh, Also this week, we're going to be talking to Alec Lewis of The Athletic. Lynn Worthy of the Kansas City Star. And we're going to be previewing this Royal season. It's going to be so much fun, but on today's show, we're going to wrap up some news and notes around baseball and also finish part two of the Reddit mailbag. So a lot to look forward to this week. I hope that you'll stick around and listen. And let's get started with the first story of the day, which is that teams can schedule three spring training exhibition games, but they're not they're not forced to. This is optional. Uh, you know, of course, right now spring training is just working out at your facility and getting ready for that July 23rd, 24th opening day. Uh, but teams are going to have the ability to play three spring training games. I know the Yankees have said they're probably not going to do that. The Royals have not made any, any indication on what they're going to do. The most logical partner for the Royals in this as we are looking to conserve travel and looking to play close to home would be St. Louis. So it really depends on what St. Louis wants to do and what Kansas City wants to do. But you could be getting three more baseball games. I would imagine that these games would be televised. Uh, Not that they mean anything, but for the same reason that you get televised spring training games to get you excited for the season. And even more importantly now with the weird setup to get you used to get the broadcasters used to what they're going to do, uh, especially for whoever ends up on the road for these three games. Because on the road, again, the broadcasters will be calling a game remotely, so they'll be looking at a feed on a monitor, and that's how they're going to be able to call the game whenever the Royals are in you know, Chicago. Rex Sudler, Ryan Lefevre, and people like that, they're going to be just inside of some booth remotely calling the game off the monitor. So, so they actually do need that practice and uh, things like that. So I would expect that if we do have a game it will be televised for spring training. Uh, The Royals, the biggest story of the day, the Royals have announced their 60-man roster. And again, the 60-man roster is essentially the 40-man roster, but the 60-man roster is game-eligible players. It's going to get cut down to 30 uh, once we start the season. Now, what that means is those 60 people, 
the 60 people on this roster are going to stay in Kansas City the whole season. They're going to work out in Kansas City. They're going to stay ready. They're going to stay in game shape. But only 30 of them can actually play in the game. Uh, but all 60 are eligible for game action. So one of the big surprises was that we saw Bobby Witt Jr. on the 60-man roster and not Asa Lacey. But the Royals have said that Asa will stay in College Station. He'll still be working out at AM. Uh, and they trust, you know, they trust the process there. I was surprised, though, because you would think that you would prefer to have your number one pick working out in Kansas City, developing with your own staff, especially a guy that's pitched very limitedly in college. You would expect that you would want to kind of mold him and start molding him right now. But they elect to take Bobby Witt Jr. and other prospects as well. Uh, for the prospect's sake, Bobby Witt Jr. is not going to play this year in Kansas City. I, I don't think that he sees a game. Uh, of big league action, obviously, but you still want him there if there's no minor league season. Since there is no minor league season, you want him to stay with your coaching staff. You want him to stay game ready. You want him to keep developing and keep working that way. You don't just lose a, a year of development. So I like I like that move of Bobby Wood Jr. I would have liked to see Asa Lacey as well, uh, but other names that got added, Daniel Lynch, Jackson Coart, Brady Singer, Tyler Zuber, they've all been added. That was all expected to me. Of those guys, I would expect Zuber and Singer to, to for sure make their debut in Kansas City this year. And as for Lynch and Coward, I'm not sure if Daniel Lynch and Jackson Coward are going to be there. Or excuse me, Coward. Khalil Lee and Kyle Isbell also made it, and they were having great springs. So that's exciting. Uh, Kyle Isbell was for sure still in big league camp whenever we left. I don't know if we're going to actually see them play this year, but it was awesome to see them up in Kansas City on the 60-man roster. And then Greg Holland was added, so this probably means he's going to be added to the 40-man roster and start the year in Kansas City. Nick Prado was also added to the 60-man roster, a first baseman prospect. Again, I don't think that we see him play a ton, but it's good that he's on there. And then I want to give my quick 30-man roster. Now, here's the catch. This 30-man roster, I think, will only be the 30-man roster for eight days. So, Next week, I'll give you what I think the 30-man roster will be for you know the rest of the year. But for the first eight days, my 30-man roster pitchers-wise is going to be Duffy, Keller, Junis, uh, Montgomery, Lopez, Kennedy, Rosenthal, Hill, Barlow, Stomont, Rosario, Hahn, Woods Jr., Sparkman, Holland, Lovelady, uh, and McCarthy. Now, I know McCarthy didn't have the best of springs. Stomont was, was fantastic this spring. Woods Jr. is a Rule 5 pick, so he's going to stay with the big league club. You don't want to return him to Tampa Bay, especially since he's healthy, and especially because I think that he can play very well. I think that he can pitch very well, and I am interested in seeing how he performs. Other surprises on there might be, I mean, Trevor Rosenthal was pitching incredible, so it's good that that flyer deal panned out for Rosenthal. But I think that that's pretty much the standard pitching staff. My lineup would probably be Witt, Mondesi, of course, in center field and short, Dozier and right, Soler at DH, Perez at, at, at catcher. Mike Matheny said Perez looks good, looks better than he did at spring training 1.0. So Perez should be good to go. He also said Mondesi looks good. Uh, I have Ryan McBroom starting at first base. Uh, it could go either way. I mean, it could go with McBroom or it can go with O'Hearn. That's a toss-up still. If you remember, the spring training battle was way too close to call. I mean, combined, I think they hit like five home runs and then like three, like 314. They were awesome. Uh, so we're not sure 
who's going to get the start there. So I just threw McBroom in there, but O'Hearn, of course, is on the roster. Uh, Franco at third. I love Michael Franco. I think that he's due for a bounce back here. I think that people are going to fall in love with him in Kansas City. Gordo in left and Lopez at second base. Of course, you know, I think Nicky, Lo- Nicky Lopez is going to have a breakout season. So that's going to be so exciting. On the bench, I have Cam Gallagher, Brett Phillips, Bubba Starling, and Ryan O'Hearn. And again, O'Hearn very well could be the opening day starter and could be the everyday starter. But I do think that both McBroom and O'Hearn, regardless of who starts opening day, will see a lot of action as we get started this year. So after the break, we'll continue the MLB news and then hit the Reddit mailbag part two. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Rock Auto because Rock Auto has been serving auto parts for 20 years online. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business, and they can serve you any auto part that you're going to need. 20 years ago, you barely could work your email address on dial-up internet. You could have been buying all of your auto parts at RockAuto.com. They're not going to upcharge you. They're going to get you a good deal. You can save a ton of money at RockAuto.com for every part you need. Their website is so easy to navigate. I know nothing about cars, but I can go get any part and find it at RockAuto.com with ease. There's no use in going to a local auto parts store because you're going to walk in there, ask for a part. They're going to ask you a ton of questions you have no idea how to answer. They're going to type on their computer, order the part, and then send you right back out the door after they just upcharge you to order something online. You can be the one to order it online by going to rockauto.com right now and write, how did you hear, and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I also want to say about our good friends over at Built Bar because Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on and save $10 off that first order. Built Bar is fantastic. Low in calorie, low in carb, low in sugar, but high in protein. Great for pre-workout, post-workout, even as a meal replacement. It's fantastic. I love the banana nut bread. I also love anything with peanut butter because with the 100% chocolate coating on the outside, it just creates a true candy bar experience. There's no chalky aftertaste. There's nothing bad about this bar. It's easy to get down. No bad aftertaste, which is the plague on most protein bars, but this one does not have it. It is phenomenal. You need to go check it out right now and check out Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Save $10 off that first order. So let's continue with the MLB storyline, then I will get to your Reddit questions at the end. The schedule has not come out yet. It'll come out late this week, early next week. But so far, we do know that the season will start with the Yankees taking on the Washington Nationals uh, to open up the season. Hopefully, it will be Garrett Cole and Max Serger squaring off if health, you know, if health will allow that to happen. Interesting opening day. Obviously, not the best matchup. I think that probably the best matchup you can get with these divisional, you know, situations going uh, for you know a marquee must-watch game would probably be Dodgers Astros, and I think that that would be very very exciting to watch Mookie Betts make his debut with LA, and then also the whole cheating scandal and the Astros and the Dodgers situation. So there's a ton of things up in the air right now, but the schedule. So we'll get some resolution on that coming up here in a couple of days, hopefully maybe even 
early next week. But we do know one of the marquee games, and again, on the 23rd, only a select few teams will play. I believe it's four games we played on the 23rd, and then everyone is in action on the 24th. So one of those marquee games, those standalone primetime games, is New York and Washington. But we do know how the schedule will work. We just don't know what teams will play who and where. So here's the schedule format for the Royals. 40 games against the AL Central, 6 games against the Cardinals, and 14 games against the other NL Central opponents. What that will break down to is two three-game series versus you know, a couple teams, and then two more four-game series against the other two teams. And so for the Royals' sake, you would really hope to have the Pirates and either the Cubs or Brewers as your four-game set, uh, and then the other teams as your three-game set because the Pirates are just terrible. And the Cubs and Brewers are not... You know, they're not very good either, in my opinion. They're not going to make any real noise. So of the teams in that division, they're kind of the lesser of two evils there. And then for the three-game sets, you go on, you go ahead and take on the Reds, and you go ahead and take on probably the Cubs. I would assume that the Cubs are going to be a little bit better than the Brewers, although that's still up in the air right now. But you for sure want the Pirates in that four-game set. You want as many games against bad teams as you can get to try to push this team into contention, which I don't think is crazy, and we'll talk about that with Alec Lewis and Lynn Worthy coming up on the show later on this week. Uh, but again, since January, since before anything happened, I've called this team last year's Texas Rangers. And after 60 games, last year's Rangers, they were in the postseason. So get excited. This is going to be a football-like season with only 60 games. You can live and die with every pitch. And the division games matter a ton. So that's going to be very exciting. And if you're in the Central, you do have an opportunity to steal wild, wild card games from teams that really deserve it. Like the Rays are having to go up against two, the, the two best divisions in baseball. That's what the Rays have to do. And they were once a lock for that wild card. And now you get a couple bad weeks against the two best divisions in baseball, and you've fallen out of favor quickly in a 60-game season. But the Central, there's, n there's not those giants. I mean, honestly, no one expects the Royals to be good, but who who is just unbeatable? Who Who is unbeatable in the Central? The Cardinals have flaws. Everyone in the NL Central has flaws, although they might be a good team. I, I like that Reds team. I like what the Reds did this offseason. They still have some flaws and some unknown. In the AL Central, the Tigers are bad. The, I mean, the, the Indians have a whole lot of flaws. The White Sox, I love their offseason, but their offseason was never really about capitalizing this year. It was still about 2022. They're not unbeatable. Now, the Twins, they're unbeatable. I think that the Twins are by far the best team in either Central. But that's just one of the teams that you're going to have to play in 60 games. So I, I like this Royals ball club. I'm not going to say that they're for sure making the postseason, but it is a real possibility to grab an AL wildcard spot Whenever you look at what the other AL wildcard contenders like the A's, the Rays, what they're having to do and the divisions they're having to play, whereas you're going to get lucked out and play in the Central. And Kansas City will start their workouts at the K on Friday, but everyone will report on Wednesday, get tested, get ready to go, and then they're going to start workouts at the K on Friday. No plan right now, uh, according to Dayton Moore on a Zoom call, no plan right now for them to have a second spring training site like some people are. I know, I know the Cubs are going to South Bend, Indiana uh, for a couple for like 10 of their guys, and then they're playing the rest at Wrigley. Right now, it's all going to be at the K and in Kansas City. I already mentioned what Mike Matheny told us on the Zoom call. 
Salvi is in the best shape of his life. You know, best shape since spring training 1.0, I should say. Mondesi looks good, and, and Stephen Woods Jr. is healthy with the, the Rule 5 pick from Tampa Bay that we discussed earlier. Now, I quickly want to hit on some MLB rules before we head into your Reddit questions. So this year, no spitting, no handshakes, no arguing with umpires closer than six feet, no brawls, and no licking your finger. Instead, you'll have a wet rag in your pocket. Uh, this is interesting. I don't know how you're going to enforce the spitting and the handshakes. That's kind of just what you do in baseball. It's kind of just burned into your brain. I'm not sure if you can actually expect these players to turn that off and not do that just out of habit, uh, not out of spite or anything, just out of habit. Uh, so is there a punishment for that really, or is it just a reminder of, hey, don't do that anymore? Uh, I, I want to know how this is going to be enforced. Uh, arguing with the umpire six feet that's going to be easy. I mean, you, you can yell, especially in an empty stadium. You don't need to be that close to them. Uh, you can yell and, and make your displeasures known. Uh, but it will make for good fans, uh, fan environment if we do get the crowd mics and if we do get the hot mics on the field. I'm not sure, since it's an empty stadium, if they'll keep those. But if they do, it will be awesome to hear everything being said. I think that it can really grow the game of baseball, so I hope that they do that. Uh, no brawls. Honestly, it's it's funny whenever the bench is clear and the bullpen's clear. But unless there's Yasiel Puig taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates by himself, there's no real action in a brawl. Uh, they just kind of sit there and stare at each other. That's fine. Let's just move the game along and forget about that. Using a wet rag instead of your finger uh, it could lead to some interesting you know, notes coming up here. If, if someone put some substance on their wet rag and it wasn't checked by officials or something. But I think that that will be all right as well. So let's get into your Reddit questions because I mentioned you guys had a ton of Reddit questions that were fantastic. So great that I wanted to answer every single one and split it into two parts because it was just phenomenal. So let's start by answering the question from Mac Vicious on Reddit. He says, who will be on the taxi squad and where the hell did that term come from? So the taxi squad will be a, a, a separate group of the team that travels with the team. They're not on the active roster. They're not, you know, planning to play in the game, but you still need reserves traveling with you just in case someone gets coronavirus uh, and then they can be called up in that event, in that event that someone is sick or gets coronavirus or something like that. Uh, I would think that the taxi squad will be whoever Mike Matheny deems was one of the last cuts made at this spring training 2.0. That's what I would think. I'm not really, uh, I don't really know for the Royals' sake who, you know, who would fit that bill because the Royals don't really have, you know, a a competition where you look at it and say, man, I, I can't believe they're going to have to send this guy down. The guys they're sending down are talented and they might be more talented than, say, you know, Khalil Lee and Kyle Isbell might be more talented right now than a Bubba Starling and a Brett Phillips. But they're young, and you're not going to want to have them in Kansas City right now uh, until you can manipulate the service time eight days into the year. So, you know, that makes it a little bit harder for the for the taxi squad. I mean, what do you want to do there? I would assume that you're going to carry one catcher just in case Salvi or um, Gallagher gets the coronavirus. And then from there, just pick two more names. I mean, I could see them taking on, you know, taking with them Isbell or Lee. I could also see them taking... Kevin Gutierrez, I think that he's a name that you can travel with in the infield. I'd probably say one of Isbell and Khalil Lee, uh, Gutierrez, and then a catcher. I would probably go with uh, Valoria, probably. But that's still up in the air right now. The taxi squad is, is a little bit harder to predict 
what Mike Matheny wants to do than his roster. I think they have nailed his 30-man roster. I think they have nailed his roster, his lineup, and things like that. I, I'm not sure who he's going to value to take with him on the taxi squad. Uh, and I'm sure that MLB just tried to get creative with the name. <laughs> I, I don't know what else you would call it. The, the, the traveling break glass in case of coronavirus does not sound as good and as cool as the taxi squad. So I guess we can just call it that. They're not going to be riding on a taxi to my knowledge, but it would be a little bit cooler if they had to like ride an Uber everywhere instead of actually going on the team plane. But uh, Costanza 007, I hope that this is for George Costanza, in which case you are now my new favorite person on Reddit. And they said, is a 60-game season the end for Gordo? Or does he stick around for a proper send-off in 2021? So Alex Gordon, I've talked about this on a podcast. I think I've, de- I've dedicated a whole podcast to this, if you want to go back and listen to that one. Uh, but he's talked about not, not hanging it up this year, even before we got to a point where there'd be no fans. And before we got to a point where there'd only be 60 games, he's talked about not wanting to hang it up yet. So selfishly, I do hope that he will stick around and he'll get a proper send-off. All things, uh, if all things go back to normal by 2021, he'll get a proper send-off. He deserves that send-off, uh, but it's still up in the air right now. If I was a betting man, I would bet that we have the same exact conversation we did this offseason next offseason. In like you know December, November, we're asking the question, will Gordo be back? Will Gordo be back? Where's Alex Gordon? What's he going to do? And then in January, he'll finally sign. We'll get the send-off, and it'll be... All sunshine and rainbows for Alex Gordon. But to your point, he has talked about wanting to be around this team when they contend again. That was obviously not going to happen this year. Uh, That was probably not going to happen next year. And then then a year after that, then you could look at this team and say, hey, these young guys are ready. They're going to contend a little bit. And so maybe Gordo holds on for a year or two. But I, I think that really we're just looking at next year and he'll play in 2021. And then that will officially be it. So Lizzie Sky ask, has there been any news about when the trade deadline is going to be? And it's interesting to see what kind of trades go off based on the relatively small sample size and, of course, the travel and things like that. So, yes, the trade deadline will be August 31st. It'll be moved back a month from the original trade deadline. I don't think that you're going to see any sort of massive block, you know, blockbuster trades having guys move cross-coast during this climate. I don't think that you'll see very many trades also due to the fact that you know, teams are going to be trying to save money. Teams are not going to be wanting to invest. And then, like you mentioned, it's a, such a small sample size that really you can make a trade for a guy. Like, say Jorge Soler is just tearing the cover off the ball. He's got like 15 homers already. And a team trades for him. And then the rest of their lineup goes in a slump for two weeks. Season's over. You're done. I mean, in this, in this situation, in this 60-game season... A two-week slump, a two-week, you know, a two-week-long under 500 performance could knock you out of the postseason. And what you did was you just traded prospects, no matter how you know highly valued or not they were. You traded prospects for someone who didn't help you win, and that's not good in a normal season. But it's especially not good right now, whenever it's a crapshoot more than normal. I mean, we don't have time for the sample size to normal out. We don't have time. Again, last year's playoffs included the Texas Rangers and the Pittsburgh Pirates. We don't have time for those teams to fall off, and that's beneficial to Kansas City, but for the teams that we once thought were a buyer, that's not as beneficial anymore. I will say that Jorge Soler's trade value does increase as we see the NL adopt the DH for this this season. The bad news is that DH goes away 
in 2021. We once thought it would be for two years, it would be for this year and next year. Instead, it's only for this year, which goes back to a net a net neutral for Jorge Soler. He doesn't really gain anything because I've already shot down the idea of teams making big trades this year. I don't know if we'll see very many moves at the trade deadline, but it will be August 31st, and we'll see what happens. So, Dongo McDongerson, good name there, Ask if the Royals are looking like potential contenders for the playoffs this year, what do you think the front office will do at the trade deadline to potentially improve the team? Surely if they're hanging around by mid-August, the front office would push to add some mid-tier talent, correct? So again, it goes back to what I was just saying with the trade deadline as a whole. It's, it's a risky game you're playing. It really is. Now, are the Royals going to do nothing if they're in position to make a push? I don't see that being the case, but I don't think that they're going to bring in, you know, someone on an expiring deal that that's going to cost you about two or three good prospects. I think you could make a move, and of course, it did not work. I understand this, and I'm still, I am still mad about this, mind you, uh, about this move that Dayton Moore made a couple of years ago. But you can make a move like you did with the Padres, where you bring in a Mauer and you bring in those kind of guys. And it can either work out or it cannot. You give up Matt Strom in the process, which really ticked me off. That was the boiling point for me, was giving up Matt Strom. Uh, And Matt Strom does not look the same in San Diego as he did in Kansas City. Uh, But to get back to your point, yes. Yes, if they're hanging around and they're making a push for it and they're truly in the postseason. Again, the Rangers were not in the hunt last year. They were in the postseason last year, and that's the team that since January I've compared the Royals to. If they're truly in the postseason at that time, I could see them going and getting a, a pitching boost uh, or going and getting an upgrade somewhere. I could totally see that happening. Now it won't be it won't be the Johnny Cueto boost, you know, an All Star, a, a great pitcher. It will be you know some middle of the road reliever uh, that's just there to bridge the gap and to help out a little bit, uh, but. This team's going to be fun, and we can get into this with uh, Len Worthy and Alec Lewis, and we can also get into this next week. But this team's going to be really fun, and, and I cannot wait uh, to watch the Kansas City Royals this year for the first time in a long time. It's exciting to watch, and I think that a lot of that is helped by the 60-game season making them more relevant and also the fact that you're probably going to see more prospects play this year after that 8 day mark than you otherwise would have. So that's exciting as well. But it'll be fun to watch this Royals team. And again, if you want to join the Locked on Royals Fantasy Baseball League, please email LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. Let me know that you do, in fact, want to play, and I will invite you to the league. If you don't have, you know, if you don't want to email, you can also just go to Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And just send me your ESPN username, and then I'll invite you to the league, and we can start drafting from there it's going to be a lot of fun and you will win a prize i'm not sure what the prize will be but if you can beat me you'll win the prize and it'll be pretty awesome and worth your time especially for a free entry so again this week we're going to talk to alec lewis of the athletic we're going to talk to lynn worthy of the kansas city star we're going to preview your kansas city royals it's going to be so much fun i hope that you'll tune in and i hope that you'll listen it's going to be awesome be good and be good to one another we'll see you next time on locked on royals and right now go check out locked on mlb